You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is March 6th, 2018. My name is Phil Prostenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD here with you on the first of our Magic After Dark edition of the Locked On Magic podcast. Yes, that's right. The Magic are out on the West Coast starting a five-game road trip. They played the Utah Jazz on Monday. We'll have a complete recap of that game coming up. And since I didn't get a chance to talk about it on yesterday's episode or talk about it as much as I'd like, let's talk about Jonathan Isaac's return to the lineup today as well as he has made an immediate impact on the team. And, and the record reflects that. 2-1 and one is a nice record for a team that's... Got 20 wins at this point in the season, and yeah, the Magic are tied for the fourth-worst record in the league, so we will treasure every win that we can get. Unfortunately, Monday was not a day to get a win. Monday was a difficult, frustrating, struggling game for the Magic where they they did some nice things on one end and did some very bad things on the other. It was, a, again, a frustrating effort for the Orlando Magic, a game where they were kind of left in a, This kind of just were unable to get over the hump, unable to recover from one bad stretch of play, and just unable to get themselves right the entire game. The Orlando Magic falling to the Utah Jazz 94-80, to putting up their worst offensive performance of the season. Again, I'll run through the numbers a little bit later, but 34.1% shooting, 32.4% from beyond the arc. Again, 80 points is a season low. And yet, and yet, and, and I'm going to be the positive guy here, and yet, the Magic never were really taken out of this game. It's a seven-point game entering the fourth quarter. As poorly as the Magic played, as poorly as the Magic shot, they were. They always seemed like they had a chance if they could just muster enough shots, get enough shots together to steal the victory. Utah never was able to put them completely away. Still, it was a big, big deficit to climb over with the way the Magic were playing. Defense did a good job keeping them in it. Utah slows the pace down. That that tends to lower their scores, lower their margins of victory. But Orlando was unable to get on the right foot offensively. And, of course, this is a league where you got to make buckets. you got to score. And Orlando's best players were just unable to get free. Credit Utah for that. Even Magic players had to admit they were probably a little too concerned with Rudy Gobert in the paint. And on top of being a little too concerned with Rudy Gobert in the paint... The Magic were forcing shots all night long. I agree. I thought Frank Vogel was spot on, and it's something I've said a lot about Aaron Gordon especially, but I think a lot of guys fell into this trap. As the offense struggled more, guys were trying. I, I really believe this. I don't think it's selfishness. I think it's the players were trying to get themselves out of that rut. They were trying to make the right play, or not make the right play, but they were trying to do it by themselves. And they were unable to do so all night. Credit Utah's defense did a good job switching. Their length was a huge problem for Orlando. Really, the game turned in the second quarter. Orlando scored 29 points in the first quarter. looked really fine. We're we're making shots and all that. Uh, But then slowly just were unable to make shots. Joel Ingles went on a three-point shooting run at the beginning of the second quarter. Gave Utah the lead. It was like a five-point lead midway through the second quarter. Starters came back in, and uh, and, and Ingles went on his run. He had 16 points, and I believe it was five or six assists in the first half. 
uh, and just just really that that run, twenty nine to fifteen in the in the second quarter for Utah. That run gave the Jazz around a ten point lead, and that was it. Utah led by as much as sixteen. Orlando got it down to about seven or six at one point, um, but were unable to get much closer. Unable really to mount a run. This just the, the shots were not going to fall, and it was just kind of one of those nights for the Magic where the offense just didn't work. And and I think the numbers just really speak for themselves here. When you break down these numbers, here we go. Aaron Gordon, 13 points, 4 for 18 shooting. Um, Really forced his play tonight. Um, Just no other way to put it. His baskets came in transition uh, on ball movement. When he tried to isolate, when he tried to create for himself, it seemed like he was settling for jumpers, trying to do too much to get his team back in the game rather than keeping the ball moving and keeping the team... Uh, go, you know, going in a positive direction, doing the right things. And so this was a little bit of a step back for him. He's, he has these games from time to time still. Evan Fournier was not much better. 12 points, 4 for 18 shooting, 2 for 10 from beyond the arc. Again, the same kind of deal. Evan trying to force a little too much, settling for jumpers. The fear of Rudy Gobert was a very, very real thing. He had a fantastic game for the Jazz. Rudy Gobert with 21 points, 17 rebounds, Two block shots, 9-for-10 shooting, a a frustrating, difficult game uh, for Orlando, unable to get into the paint. Orlando actually finishes with 32 points in the paint in the game, so a good chunk of their baskets coming in the the lane. The Magic weren't able to get there consistently, and Gobert was a big reason why. Nikola Vucevic led the team in scoring with 15 points, 6-for-11 shooting, 12 rebounds all on the defensive end, as well as 5 turnovers. Um... Defense wasn't great. Obviously, Gobert, not a good matchup for him, and Gobert just kind of beat him up inside. It's, you know, I hate to say it, but that's what we've come to expect from Nikola Vucevic, unfortunately. That's kind of what he is defensively. Um, but, uh, you know, he produces offensively. He was, he was, he was uh, if anything, the Magic maybe should have run a few more things through him. Um, he is a good fulcrum for the offense. Keeps usually keeps the ball moving pretty well. Uh, but overall, I, I, it's hard to say anyone had a good game. DJ Augustin, ten points, four turnovers, five assists. Uh, you know, very few guys you could say had a good game in this one. Mario Azonia finished with ten points off the bench, four for nine shooting, two for six from beyond the arc. Shelvin uh, Mack with eight. Uh, Jonathan Isaac missed all five of his shots. We'll talk about him in a moment. Um, so it was just a, a really frustrating game. That's that's the only way you could put it. Orlando did some nice things defensively. That deserves mention. That deserves continued mention. Um, uh, I'll talk more about the defense in, in the context of Isaac, but Orlando played really good defense. Um, I, I actually disagree with Vogel's assessment here. Um, Vogel said after the game, our defense was clearly was was not good enough. Well, when you have a 79.9 offensive rating, your defense is rarely going to be good enough. Um, obviously, there was one big slippage in the second quarter one moment where the game, the shots just would not fall and the Magic weren't able to keep up. And honestly, if you're looking for a sign of growth, which I constantly am because I, I want to be an optimist, if you're looking for signs of growth, a certain sign of growth is that usually when the Magic aren't making shots, usually when the Magic have a poor offensive game like this, they get blown out. Like Utah beating them by 40 earlier in the year, blown out. That didn't happen. There was always that sense that if the Magic could pull together a couple shots, it would be tough, obviously, because Utah's defense was very good. But if they could just get a couple of shots to go down, they could be right in this game and maybe even steal it. I believe that. And I think the Magic have the offensive talent to do that. But it just never came together. Utah's defense was just too stout. Orlando's offense, 
too stubborn maybe or too uh, stuck in the mud to get the job done. And so the Magic fall to the Utah Jazz, 94-80 to up at the at Vivint Smart Home Arena, home to the greatest basketball game of all time, of course, uh, the uh, Northwestern win over Vanderbilt. As I mentioned, Jonathan Isaac's stat line in this game was uh, pretty meager, um, I think would be the best way to put it. 0 for 5 shooting, uh, no points, obviously. 0 for 2 from beyond the arc, 3 rebounds, 1 assist, 2 steals, 2 blocks. Just a, you know, if you're if you're just looking at a box score, you'd think Jonathan Isaac didn't do very much. And, and this, you know, 3 games back from his injury, he's not looking good. But this is why you have to watch the tape. This is why you have to go deeper than the box score and why even, and I'll mention some of the limitations, the numbers I'm about to give you, but even the numbers don't quite tell you what he's doing on the floor. Jonathan Isaac has made a clear defensive impact for this team. It was seen in his first game Friday, it was seen in his second game Saturday, and it was certainly seen Monday against Utah Jazz. We all we kind of suspected that this was the case because back before the injury, the Magic's defensive rating when Isaac was on the floor was its best, or the Magic's de- the Magic had their best defensive rating of any player on the floor than with Jonathan Isaac. When the Magic drafted him, we knew his defense would be well ahead of his offense, and you could see it that this 19, 20-year-old kid was far advanced defensively than a typical rookie. And so, watching his impact defensively has been pretty impressive, to say the least. You could point to the block against Jarrell Martin at the end of the game Saturday. You could point to the deflection. There are so many little plays that you can point to where Isaac got a deflection and forced a turnover or got a, a, made a little play defensively, made a little play that helped the team get a stop. Plays that, that you don't usually see a rookie like Isaac make. And yet he's making them not only as a rookie, but as a guy coming off of a nearly three-month absence. He was out in November, back in March. Four-month absent. absence. Not even. More than that. He's making these high-level defensive plays. And it's helping his team win. Let's face it. They won two games over the weekend. And his impact is very, very clear. With all the requisite warnings that these are small sample sizes, the Magic have played fantastic defense since Isaac returned. Let's start with Monday night's game against the Jazz. The Magic had a 103.4 defensive rating. That's actually the worst of their the three games, honestly. If... We, if that became consistent, if that were the season, that would make them the sixth best defense in the league. If the Magic played defense with the intensity and, and, and the energy that they played defense with on Monday, they will win most of the games they play. That I am confident of. 
But let's zoom it back a little further. Because the ma- I mean, the Magic are giving up 108.8 points per 100 possessions for the season. 28th best in the league. They were one of the worst defenses in the league. In three games since Isaac returned, Orlando's giving up 101.4 points per 100 possessions. One of those games against the Grizzlies, granted. One of those games against the struggling Pistons team, granted. But that's still quite a turnaround. And you can point to the plays that Isaac makes as a big reason for that turnaround. Furthermore, you can look to the time that Isaac is on the floor as a big reason why, too. When Isaac is on the floor, the Magic have a 90.2 defensive rating. They're giving up less than a point per possession. That is, in this day and age especially, astronomically good. Isaac is good at using his length. He recovers well. He has great instincts on rotations. He, he, again, he recovers well. He challenges shots. He blocks shots. Gets deflections. Length makes up for mistakes. And this kid makes few mistakes. He blocked Donovan Mitchell at the rim early in the game. Joe Ingles, like I said, had 16 points in that first half. The Magic put Isaac on him in the second half. He had just two. Again, he makes the little plays that make a defense. On the season, the entire season, small sample sizes again, granted, the Magic have an even 100.0 defensive rating with Isaac on the floor. That is the best mark of any player on the team. Now, with those on-court statistics, with any defensive statistics, you have to recognize the, the the flaws. Defense is not a one-man job. It is an every-man job. And so why are Isaac's numbers so good? It, it can't just be him. Or why are these num- Why are the Magic so good with Isaac on the floor? Some of it certainly has to do that Isaac is playing mostly against, be- against bench units. Some of it is certainly Isaac is on a floor typically with a stronger defensive unit. He had Jonathan Simmons with him for a good chunk of his first stint. Bismack Biombo plays with him as well. Those are guys that play good defense. For the most part. And so you do have to take those sample size warnings seriously. Especially the last three games. But the signs are overall encouraging because those numbers match the eye test. We are seeing Isaac make big time defensive plays. Every game, over and over again. So much so that it feels like it really feels like the Magic, he's going to push for more playing time. That He's breaking past those, those minute limits that the Magic are putting on him. To start the third quarter, Orlando started Isaac over Jonathan Simmons. And yeah, we are getting to a point in the season where the future matters more, and Isaac playing is one of the more important things the Magic can do. Getting him on the floor with Aaron Gordon will be one of the most important things the Magic do. Now, personally, I think you wait on pulling the trigger with Isaac in the starting lineup until he gets a shot back. His, his offense has a long way to go as it is, but he at least needs to be comfortable taking and making shots. And the Magic seem to be confident that he will do that very soon.
But Isaac has done very good things and made a very clear impact early on in his Magic career. Early on in this return from that ankle injury. There are no concerns with Jonathan Isaac right now. It feels like he is the real deal. And Frank Vogel was telling us forever that this kid's really good on defense. You're going to see. We are definitely seeing that and seeing him flourish and seeing him play very, very well. And it's been three games, hardly enough of a sample size to say much with certainty. But we can certainly say that Isaac is delivering so far for the Magic and is going to be someone who's going to continue to develop and we're going to look forward to seeing continue to develop. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You can, of course, catch us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. Be sure to subscribe and rate us. Let us know how we're doing. Let everyone else know how what you think of a show so that uh, we can spread the love and get out to the peoples. Um, you can, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore mv. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic as well as like us on Facebook at Locked on Magic. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Once again, the final score, the Utah Jazz 94, the Orlando Magic 80. The Magic are back in action Wednesday against the Los Angeles Lakers. We'll have a complete preview of that game on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic. But for now, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I will see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.